Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast, and today I'm thrilled to have my guest on, Zach Slobin. And I think there's no better place to start than to say that he is madly in love with his wife, Eden, and that he is a good friend to my husband, Chris, and I. And he's an entrepreneur who is so committed to excellence, and he created financial freedom at just 34 years of age. He is a master speaker. I'm telling you, master speaker, trainer, and coach. Zach's greatest thrill in life is showing people how to go from where they are to where they deserve to be by removing the lies they tell themselves so they can be, do, and have 
anything that they desire. So in our amazing conversation that I cannot wait for you to listen to, we chatted all about how he was the athlete who almost went pro, but severe injuries kept him from his dream, how he was the top guy who walked away from the good corporate job and the money because it was suffocating. And he's the man who wouldn't settle until he found his soulmate. So he also has an incredible offer for you guys. I'm telling you right now, you need to go to ZachSlobin.com, Z-A-C-H-S-L-O-B-I-N.com, because he is giving you a complimentary three-part video series on how to challenge the norm and never settle. I'm telling you, you guys are going to want to tap into his brain and you'll hear that very soon because he is brilliant. And make sure that you follow him or as he loves to say, walk beside him, which I think is so amazing, at facebook.com forward slash Zach Slobin. So you guys, without further ado, meet my friend. Zach, I'm so incredibly excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I don't know that thank you for having me is enough. Uh, You and Chris are people I consider to be friends, mentors, role models in so many different capacities. And so it's more than humbling to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that. And I will gladly take a dinner out or some wine or anything that you guys want to do and meet us out for dinner. Cause that's my favorite. <laughs> we're up for it. You know, you know, us. We're, we're always down for a good meal and a good meal and friends and drinks and stuff. So. That's the thing with Zach, you guys, is that we literally just have the best couples conversation. So they're those uh, people that you have in your life that you get together and you just thoroughly enjoy the conversation as much as the food, if not way more. (laughs) So Zach, I met you um, through our network marketing company and I knew immediately, I I basically got to hear you speak right away and I was so drawn to your story and how you speak to people and what you've been through. So for everyone who doesn't know who you are, I would love if you would just tell us a little bit about what you do and also how you got to that place. (sighs) I know. I know, right? <laughs> How much time do you need? <laughs> Where would you like me to start? I know exactly. Right. I um, I'll start. I'll start. I'll start kind of further back than I normally would, only because I think it'll roll into the context of what we might end up talking about. I love it. Today. Mm-hmm. I think it really starts when I was about eight years old, and or seven years old, excuse me. And it was that day in class when the teacher said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And all the other kids were like, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a lawyer. And the teacher came to me and said, well, what about you, Zach? And I said, well, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I just know I want to do a lot of things at one time. Hmm. I was just born to be an entrepreneur. Hmm. And I always thought differently. I mean, I was the kid, Lori, where – did you do candy bar sales for school, like for charity? I didn't, but I know what they are, yeah. So – like you did, like there was like charity things, right, for our school. And so we we're supposed to sell candy bars. So to give you an idea, the candy bars were supposed to cost a dollar. Well, I would mark them up for $2 <laughs> for the charity and a dollar would go to my bank account. Uh, so I just always thought outside the box. And when I was about nine years old, my best friend, my best friend was diagnosed with and passed, passed on from leukemia. Mm. And the reason that's a really important part of my story is because it was the first time where I started to really question the way things worked in the world and the way things were being taught to me and the way I was being raised Mm -hmm. from a spiritual perspective, from a religious perspective, from a right and wrong perspective. I just didn't really get that what I was being told was absolute truth. Mm -hmm. And so at nine years old, I really started asking questions and kind of rebelling, if you will, against the status quo. I always could sense that there were greater truths than what I was being offered. And so as I got older, that part of me kind of started to harden, if you will. It started to look for evidence that I was, not that I was right, but that other people were wrong. So by the time I was in high school, I was very clear that people were wearing masks and that they weren't really being uh, authentic, if you will. 
And I also knew that I was going to make a choice in that moment. I'll never forget the day I was 17 years old sitting on a, on a, at a, on a bench at lunch. And I just made the decision that I'm always just going to be brutally honest and just be really, really, really real. And that doesn't go over so well in high school. <laughs> and it doesn't go over so well with parents and siblings and things like that either, right? Because we're supposed to kind of fit into this mold of what a good little boy, you know, acts like and, and whatnot. But I, but I was okay with that. And I went along to college. I went to UC Santa Barbara and I studied philosophy. And I went to school because I had been an athlete my whole life and I got hurt in college my freshman year. And so I thought I was supposed to be a professional athlete. And then one day I woke up hurt and I was told you can never play soccer again. Mm. And this was existential crisis number two yes. in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I looked around and said, okay, well, if I'm not an athlete, then who am I? Mm. If I'm not an athlete, then who am I? And I really struggled with that for years. So as I'm studying philosophy and I'm studying metaphysics and logic and morals and ethics and Plato and Socrates and all these different brilliant minds, all these guys are asking me to ask more questions. And so I did, but all those questions led me down a dark hole more so than they did down a bright hole. And so eventually I graduated from college and it was time to get a job. You know, my parents weren't too keen on the idea of me living with them after college, nor was I too keen on the idea of living with them. And so I went into corporate America, just like anybody kind of would, you know, because they're told to. And I'll never forget, I was working for a professional soccer team living in Los, living in Los Angeles. And I remember Lori looking around one day at all of my coworkers and they were just staring at their computers. They were just staring at the computers with these blank stares on their face. And in that moment, I was like, there's got to be something more to life. There's got to be more than this. I'm absolutely not okay with being just a, a drone, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I called my mom that day and I said, I'm done with this. I'm moving to San Francisco. See, I'd, I'd met a girl at a Halloween party. <laughs> and thank you to uh, some alcohol and some other recreational activities. <laughs> In a single night, I managed to fall in love. Ah. How else do you fall in love, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I'm totally okay with admitting that I did inhale. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. Oh. So I moved to San Francisco, and I thought I was in love, and I started a business. And at 23 years old, I was working out of this high rise, and I had a business partner who was this very successful mortgage broker. And we were working in the insurance space. And our deal was that we would, is that I would get 10% of anything that came my way, any contract that I brought in. So after about 10 months of helping her develop this company, I wrote all the website copy. I did all these luncheons and presentations and things like that. She calls me in her office two days before Christmas that year. I'll never forget. She says, hey, I just wanted to write you a little advance before the holidays. And I go, great. And she starts to fill out this check and goes two zero zero and she stops at 200 mm. and she goes, thanks kid. You're out. Mm. Now the gut punch was that I had just brought in a $2 million contract. Mm. So that was one of my first big lessons as an entrepreneur. Mm. Well, when I went home that day, my ex, and I'll get to that here in a moment, <laughs> My ex said, you need to get a regular job. Who do you think you are? You need to stop living in fantasy land. And I was like, yeah, she's probably right. Mm -hmm. So I went out and I got a job. And I met a gentleman who introduced me to the network marketing space, mm -hmm. which I wanted nothing to do with, quite frankly, because I watched my dad make a fool of himself in network marketing. Mm -hmm. I hear but you. I, yeah, right. <laughs> but, I, but I fell in love with the profession. So I actually got into a network marketing company and I thought I was on top of the world again until six months later, the whole thing crashed. Mm. The whole thing crashed. Our CEO took off with the money. Now, with my tail between my legs, my ex once again is saying, no more, enough's enough, you got to get a job. I'm like, okay, you're right. Let me squeeze back into the box. Mm. Pain. Mm-hmm. But while I'm looking for jobs, I come across another opportunity. And that was the opportunity that would change my life. It was a real estate investment company, and it cost $20,000 to be a part of. And at the time, I had about $300 in my bank account. 
So 20 grand might as well have been 20 million. Mm -hmm. But the two people who'd introduced me to the company who are just incredible mentors and friends to this day, they just saw something in me that I'd never seen in myself. And I found a way to find the money. And in the space of 10 months, I'd go on to make about a quarter million dollars at 25 years old. Mm. Now, like any good 25-year-old, what do I do? <laughs> aged without listening to my intuition. I move into a house that I, that's bigger than we need and more than we can afford. And I get a Mercedes. Mm. And within about six months, I blow through $80,000 and the company crashes. And now my ex really starts in on me. Like mm. my parents were right about you. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks after the save the date cards went out for our wedding, I looked at her dead in the eye and I said, I'd rather die than live the life that you or anyone else thinks I should be living. Mm. And so if you need to go, then you should go. And so she left. Mm. And I moved back into my mom's house. I was living on her couch at 27 years old without a penny to my name. I was so broke financially that I would scrape for change so I could afford to buy a pack of cigarettes because it was cheaper to buy cigarettes than it was to buy food. And if I could smoke a cigarette, I could suppress my appetite. Mm. And I had a friend who said to me something that forever changed my life because, Lori, have you ever... Have you ever been so overcome with self-defeating thoughts that they that they suffocate your ever your 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 every breath? Yes. Right. Like, have you ever been so mm -hmm. paralyzed? Like, you want to move, but you're so overcome with sadness and guilt and shame that you just you feel paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I was five years ago. And a buddy of mine said something to me that forever changed my life. He said, "Zach, you can either go through this or you can grow through this. Your choice." Mm. And I got it. And so little by little, day by day, one foot in front of the other, I started to affirm that something incredible must be waiting for me. Some incredible gift must be just around the corner. Some, something powerful must be finding its way to me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And after some wild travels and doing things and kind of rediscovering myself, if you will, literally living right around the corner from me was a woman who I went on a date with and who I never left. And that's Eden, my wife who you've mm, met. She's amazing. And she was right around the corner. Mm. And today we run a really, really successful network marketing organization together. And in addition to that, I have my speaking and training and coaching business. I'm working on a couple books right now, which, you know, is terrifying and your <laughs> inspiration has been a big part of that about of our success and so you know there's a lot of little bullet points in between that but that's kind of the mm. that's the synopsis if you will mm, thank you so much for sharing that and you know i've gotten to hear you speak so many times that i know there's so many pieces to your story that that's why you need many books mm -hmm. um that have really I, I think it's so important for people to know where people come from because it's so easy to look at you guys and be like wow they're the perfect couple and they have this great business and he's so polished and she's so great speaking and you know just all of these things looking uh from the outside and i know your story i know what you've been through i know what eden has been through i know that um <laughs> even when you get to the place that you want sometimes you go through even more <laughs> just from a different uh, standpoint. So I'm really grateful that you shared that. And also hopefully people can get to know you a bit better as well. But today I want to chat about um, what we had uh, been going back and forth on. And that's the three phases of transformation. And honestly, something that I uh, really look up to you for is your ability to teach and speak in such a clear, efficient manner. So I'm super excited actually to dive into this. So can we talk about that? We could talk about whatever you want. Let's I'm here it. to serve. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So the three phases of transformation, what is that? Where did this idea come from? Let's talk about it. So where the idea came from is where all ideas come from, in my opinion. And that's something that is far greater than me or far greater than any of us. Uh, I believe all of us are receptacles for something greater. Amen. I just do. You know, so where did the idea come from? 
the ether, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. from the ether. But it really came from a place of reflection. It came from so many people asking me, how is it that, how is it, Zach, that you're so grounded? How is it that you've had so much life experience and yet you stay so resilient? How is it that you have, that you've managed to maintain unwavering faith in spite of, in spite of so many of the challenges that you've experienced? You know, how is it that you've been able to do that? And so I always do a lot of tinkering and toil, toil, toiling, if you will, with, with writing and thinking and whatnot. And I guess that in a past life, maybe I was a philosopher, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that I became a philosophy major in college. Mm. And so I just started to consider, you know, what really are these three phases of transformation? And where this spawned from was I, I write a lot of memes. I, make my, I write a lot of little quotes because something mm-hmm. pops in my head and I just want to write it down. And I wrote down something uh, a couple months ago. And what I wrote down was the first step in transformation is acknowledging the ways in which you've contributed to where you are right now. Oh, I love that. Say that again. The first step to transformation is acknowledging the ways in which you've contributed to where you are right now. Okay. I love it, but that's hard. <laughs> that's, uh, no one ever accused me of being soft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, it's going to work if, if you do it, so follow along. Okay. Well, let, me, so, let, let me give a disclaimer then, right? Because it is, it is, it is hard and it is my style, and my style is laser-focused because... I really just believe that if we're willing to cut through things with a rational conversation and a rational perception, mm-hmm. that transformation doesn't have to take months, weeks, or years. And at the same time, no matter what, it will take months, weeks, or years, but we can make the decision to transform with the snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. I and totally so agree. I'm always willing to care enough about people, Lori, just to be straight honest with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I care enough about you to be honest with you and to give it to you with the brutal truth, because Oscar Wilde has a quote that I love. He says, a true friend stabs you in the front. Ooh. oh, man, that's good. I just got full body chills. Right. A true friend stabs you in the front. And so if we're going to be friends and if you're listening to this, we're friends, you're opting in. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm cringing and I'm excited at the same time. It's normal. <laughs> Right. It's like, let's just, let's just look at it. And, the, ah! and the, I know here we go. Right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If, if somebody hadn't cared enough about me to be honest with me, my, I, my life wouldn't be where it is. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone from being dead broke to being 34 financially free and literally, literally living my purpose and my passion with such ease, you know, that, that it, it's remarkable to me most days. You know, I love this because it's, it's the process you put yourself through too. So in order, we were talking to even come up with this, right? You said you give yourself, you know, you put yourself on these, um, times where you're just going to write and you're really going to reflect and you're going to look at it. And I think a lot of people don't even give themselves the time, the grace, the space or anything to sit down and look because we're too busy being scared of sitting down and looking or numbing out on something. So if that's where we're currently at, because I want to talk about two different types of people. I want to talk about the ones who aren't even ready to look yet and the people who've been scanning, right, for a long time and they have big goals and they're doing big things in the world. So let's start with the first one. I'm not even ready to look yet, but I have a desire. So if you're not ready to look yet then and you have a desire, then I want you to imagine for a second that you just woke up and you woke up and the surroundings are familiar. You recognize and realize that you're in your house, you're in your home. But what you notice is that the floors are filthy. There are cobwebs in every single corner. There's mud on the window, dirt on the window, so thick that you can't even see outside. And it comes into your awareness that, wait a minute, this is my home, but this is not what I had dreamt up when I was a little boy or a little girl. Mm. Something about this isn't right. And what you notice is that you hear something moving around in the corner. And so you reach around and you find a flashlight. And when you turn on the flashlight, what you see scattering out of the light from the darkness are cockroaches. And that's what step one is. Step one is being willing to shine a light of awareness onto the cockroaches in our heads 
so that they scatter because darkness cannot live in the light. So that's all step one is, Lori. All step one is, is we're taking a flashlight and we're shining a light of awareness on the reality of the results that we've chosen into in our lives. Okay. So that is, and and I love that. And that is to so many people, like they turn the light on and then it's complete overwhelm. So how do we allow ourselves to feel what's going to come up or how do we stay in that place long enough to get to the next phase? So one way is to just take a step back and acknowledge, and this is where, this is kind of where part two Mm-hmm. of the art comes in, right? So step one is acknowledge and step two is reframe. Mm. So how can I, how can I now look at this home that isn't, doesn't feel like mine? How can I, how can I look at this from an objective perspective? Am I willing to remove myself from the situation? Because if I was the person that contributed to my being here, then I'm also the person that can contribute to my not being here. Mm. Okay. See, there's contrast in everything, right? So if I can objectively look at the reality that, oh, wait a minute, if I can create one situation for myself, then I can create another situation for myself. So all of the things that come up in our heads, though, you know exactly, <laughs> you know what it is because you've lived in this space for a long time. So we're noticing that, yes, oh my goodness, I'm going to start taking some responsibility for how I've contributed. And then step two saying, okay, since I've contributed, I can also change this. But then again, this, those same voices that got us into the messy house are the ones that are going to try to attack. So what are some of the different things that you do or say or get ready for or plan with in order to combat all of the mindset that's going to come around it. So that's step two. So let's work on R, right? So that's reframing. So let me, so, so let me look back and just ask myself, you know, let me, let me just ask myself, not why did I end up in this situation? Not how did I end up in this situation? But what is this situation really all about? What is this situation a reflection of? Is it a reflection of how I was conditioned? Is it a reflection of how I feel about myself? Is it a reflection of my worthiness? Is it a reflection of a story that I bought into when I was a little boy or a little girl? And if so, can I reframe? Can I reframe the person that I'm blaming for getting into this situation? Because what a lot of people will do, Lori, is they'll turn on the lights, they'll see that there's cobwebs everything, everywhere, they won't like where the, what they're looking at, and then they go into beat up mode, mm-hmm. right? You're a piece of crap, how could you let this happen? What would your mother think of you? What would your father say, right? Yeah, and we yeah. go up into beat up mode. Mm-hmm. And that's natural, that's totally natural. And so what I wanna invite you guys to do though is this, instead of taking out a Louisville slugger, if you're going to beat yourself up, choose cotton candy. Mm. Choose cotton candy. Because think about it. If you hit yourself over the side of the head with a baseball bat, you're going to knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. If you use cotton candy, it's nice and fluffy and soft. And guess what it's going to leave? It's going to leave a sticky little sweet residue. So that when you just lick a little bit off the side of your face, you get reminded <laughs> of how sweet some of the most challenging times can be. Mm, I love that. So give yourself grace in the acknowledgement. Give yourself compassion in the acknowledgement. Because is it possible? Is it possible that all you were doing was finding evidence to support a story that wasn't true? And that's the reframe. Mm. I'm putting myself in this situation as far as I'm I'm like scanning my life right now for my dirty house. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely resistance around writing for me. So for me, I'm putting myself into... Um, the three phases right along with you. So I'm just going to share so that everyone can follow along and put themselves in it. So for me, it's just the resistance around sitting down and writing. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm acknowledging that I have this resistance. And then I look at why I think I have it or the things that I was blaming without even realizing like, oh, it's because, you know, I was homeschooled through high school and college was never anything that anybody put any, um, pressure on me about or importance. So I never really got to learn how to study or learn how to, and how effective could I be if I actually would have learned that? And I'm like, okay, hold on here, sister. You've had so many opportunities to do these things and you have the choice to just sit down and do it now and learn it now. So that's also my reframe. And I'm, I was beating myself up with cotton candy the other day. Um, so I love that. So thank you. Okay. So let's move into, 
um, next steps of, I think we're still in reframing, right? Yep. And what you just said is so powerful, right? Because what you just, what you just acknowledged and, and shared with your audience, which is so, which I love about you is you're always willing just to just put it out there for everybody so we can all learn together. Right. And is, is just like that. It, it's just an ultimate symptom of sabotage, mm-hmm. right? It's an ultimate symptom of sabotage, right? Procrastination, overcommitting, sacrifice, things like that. Right. And so like, then it's like, okay, so why am I sabotaging? Mm. Right. And typically speaking, what I found is we sabotage for two reasons. One is that we don't believe we are worthy of what's on the end result. We don't believe we're worthy of receiving what's on the end result of what we're creating. Mm-hmm. Or two, and this is more of like a biological, physiological thing, is we've been tribal herd-based beings for hundreds of thousands of years. And if I venture out, I will disrupt the herd. And what does that mean? Mm. Is that a safe place? Mm-hmm. And so we come up with all these different ways of sabotaging, right? And then it's paralysis. Mm. paralysis. I've got many good, um, amazing ways to sabotage um, that actually look good to everyone else too. So I'm I'm aware of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I know how to be really busy doing productive things. Oh, yeah. That look good to other people. Even though I know, I mean, I can watch myself go, you're making this decision that is literally pushing away your goal. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We're smart. <laughs> we become smart. <laughs> Our egos are really, really good at tricking us. Mm-hmm. Our egos are very, very special. Very special. Mm. And so, yeah, so we reframe it, right? Mm-hmm. We look back on it and we reframe it and we just, and we just acknowledge it. We acknowledge it with compassion. And so if we're going to, and let's, in, instead of the, the home metaphor, let's use another analogy and metaphor, and that's this is, Lori, have you ever watched two people play chess or play checkers? Yep. Right? So when you're watching two people play chess, it's so obvious what move somebody should make. It's brutally obvious. It's like, why don't you just you know, move, your, move your bishop there, mm-hmm. right? But if the board was the exact same and you sat down as one of the players, chances are you wouldn't see that move. Mm. So true transformation can only come if we're willing to remove ourselves from the game and observe the situation objectively and rationally. Mm. That's the only way. How does one do that? By recognizing that if I can observe my thoughts, then I am not my thoughts. Mm. I love that. That's actually been something that's... um... Just over the past week, I've had so many awesome opportunities to do that. It's crazy how you can be like, wow, okay, I was just calm one second ago, and why is this? I've just been asking myself why a lot and stepping back and and hearing what my brain wants to tell me, like, why am I feeling this way in this situation? Why can you not be able to be yourself in this situation? Why can't you find the peace within this certain situation? And it's just insane what happens when you can actually do that. You actually do get a place to begin to choose again. Uh Mm. That's amazing. So if you can't, if this is something totally new to someone, is there something they can do? Like, how do we give our, if, you know, if you were talking to me five, six years ago, I'd be like, that's great and everything, but my brain is so chaotic right now. I can see that, but I don't actually understand what would these specific things I could do to step back. Like, do they need time somewhere? Do they need to give themselves space? Yeah, I think that a big part of it is building the muscle of intuition mm-hmm. and building the muscle of serving our highest value. Mm-hmm. And so, a really great exercise that I still do that's very effective when I coach privately, I, I coach this quite a bit, is, is to build the muscle of being intentional to serve our highest value. And so what is our highest value? Well, in my experience, our highest value is joy. Our highest value is bliss. Our highest value is happiness, right? Yes. These yes. are our highest values. These are what our soul yearns for, right? When we separate the soul from the ego, the soul sits in a place of complete joy, complete purpose, complete happiness, right? Complete Mm -hmm. fulfillment. It's only when our ego gets in the way that we have this battle of whys and why nots and how comes and how can't I, right? Or why Mm -hmm. can't I? So, So a great exercise, a great exercise is recognizing that we really live in four realms. We live in four realms. We live in the physical realm, 
the emotional realm, the intellectual realm, and the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. We live in four realms. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I wake up in the morning and I ask myself the question, how do I want to feel today? Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel today? And I listen very quietly. Let's just say I want to feel joy. I want to feel joy. So then what I'll do just to build the muscle is I'll say, okay, what can I do today physically to feel joy? What can I do today emotionally to feel joy? What can I do today intellectually to feel joy? What can I do today spiritually to feel joy? And if I hit on all four categories, no matter what else happens during my day, no matter if my dog, you know, gets in a fight at the dog park or gets sick, or if Eden and I have a, have a tussle or whatever it is, if I can just build the muscle of hitting those four areas, then I'm building the muscle of serving my highest value. And if I can build the muscle of serving my highest value, then, then, and only then, when I start to make choices that are out of alignment with my highest value, like beating myself up, like sabotage, like self-defeating thoughts, the, the, the soul muscle comes in and says, no, 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 no. That's not who you really are. Mm. Oh, that is beautiful. If that's one thing you did every single day, your life would drastically change. And then yes, you would have that space to go into the next step, but I want to make sure we cover everything in reframe, mm-hmm. um, before we move into, uh, your final step as well. Sure. And so there's one more big piece of reframing. And that's this idea of compassion and forgiveness. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Are you willing to forgive the people that you might be blaming who helped you move into that house? Mm. Are you willing to forgive yourself who moved yourself into that house? Are you willing to stop playing the victim and blaming things outside of you, but in a compassionate way? But most importantly, are you willing to take your power back at a soul level? And with that, I want to pay forward another skill, Lori, another actionable item. Mm-hmm. That when a coach of mine passed this on to me years ago, it was dramatic. And it sounds like this. It sounds like this. It sounds like I, first name, last name, so I'll use me personally. I, Zach Slobin, at a soul level, take back all of my power from, let's just say it's my dad right? I'll just use this example from Richard Slobin with love. Then I, Zach Slobin, give back any power I have taken from Richard Slobin with love. Mm, And if you you say this mantra for five or 10 minutes before you go to bed each night, you'll sleep more soundly. You'll wake up more peacefully. Mm. Now the person that you're forgiving never has to hear this. But it's the relationship and the reframing that you're creating with yourself, with your with that person that does the true healing. Mm. And that's what reframing really allows us to do. And trust me, eventually they hear it, yeah. <laughs> just not at a verbal le- uh, level. They absolutely hear it. That is so powerful. You guys write that down, but I'll also put that um, in the show notes because that that is the piece for sure where you can start moving forward into, what is it? And to create. The third step is create. Okay, create. Right, so I acknowledge, I reframe, and now I can create. And I can create from a space that might be a little bit scary, that might look completely foreign, but I can create into a space that's wide open with the knowledge that the story that got me into the home that I didn't love was a story that wasn't true. It was based on a person who I thought I was supposed to be, not who I truly am. And so now that I've reframed and now that I'm learning to build the muscle of living from a place of my highest value, then there's only one place from which to create, and that's a place of my highest value. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. The sentence that has been coming up for me this last month is to... um, 
act as the person that I'm, I want to be or want to be attracting. And Mm -hmm. I just keep asking myself if it's something that I was maybe upset with that I did. I'm like, okay, I'm going to forgive that. But now what are the actions of the person that I want to attract and that I want to be? And I couldn't even answer what I wanted to be at first completely until I said, well, who do I want in my life? Who do I want to attract? So that is like, that is so huge for me. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. There's a, uh, there's a great video on YouTube by a guy named Jim Cathcart. It's like this old, he's like this old 1980s, early nineties, like sales trainer. And he asks the question, what would the future me do? Not the me as I am right now, but the me that I desire to become, what would the future me do right now? Oh man, they're busy and they're awesome. (laughs) Or they're chilling out relaxing. Yeah, that's true too. (laughs) Everybody's going to be so different. Yeah. So, so creating from this space is really powerful because, because now it's free game, Mm -hmm. right? Now it's free game because we're creating a new story. See so many people, they stand on the edge and they go, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm really worthy of creating something new. I don't know if I'm really worthy of playing that much bigger. I don't know if I'm really worthy of writing that book. I didn't graduate high school. I didn't go to college. Right. One of your stories, right? Right. Things like that. And, and all of this self-acceptance stuff, all of this self-doubt is because you bought a story mm-hmm. based on a past decision that quite frankly, you weren't even consciously aware of that you made. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really big believer that people will never accept themselves if their definition of self was written by someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how do we, how do we go? <laughs> I know that we talked about this, but, but what is it? that we can do to rewrite it, like rewrite that entire story for ourselves. So it hap- so that's happening in the reframe, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that forgiveness component. Yes. It's that forgiveness component and it's forgiving the part of ourselves that didn't have a clue and it's forgiving the other people that were involved in it that didn't have a clue. So then Zach, do you go, do you go and actually put this down on paper and say, this is the new story? Yeah, absolutely. It's about who am I, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a contract. I literally have a contract. It's on a, it's on a big poster board, right? And it says, I'm an inspiring, powerful, loving man. Mm. And by creating and by sharing my gifts, I create inspiration, wisdom, love, and light. That is a contract that I wrote for myself eight years ago. Oh, I love that. So when you, when you answer the question, who am I? Obviously, if that was eight years ago, that's you were probably thinking of your future self, right? So when people go to write this out, because I think this is a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. I love that you asked that. So my answer would be no. Okay. Because in every moment, that's when we talk about how do you learn to observe the soul? How do you learn to just observe those negative thoughts as not your own? Mm. It's that in every moment I am inspiring, powerful, loving in every moment, the people that are listening to this, you are a part of something that is pure love, pure joy, pure happiness. And whatever someone's spiritual beliefs are, I don't know. But what I found for me is that if I come from something greater, Lori, then I must be that something. Mm. So if I come from something, if I'm a part of something that is pure love, pure joy, pure passion, pure inspiration, pure wisdom, if I'm a part of that, then innately that's who I am at all times. It's just that because I learn a certain story, I've forgotten. Mm -hmm. So it's not who my future self was. It's that when I was in a deep, deep meditation of visualization where I came to this, came and that's a deep process. That's like a couple days worth of work. It's not something we do on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) When I came to that realization of that being my contract, that was a soul experience. That was a cellular experience. I was in this moment Mm -hmm. as I came into this world and as I leave this world and in every moment in between when I let go of my ego and when I trust that I have, that I come from something greater, therefore I must be something greater at all times. That's who I am. Mm. Do you have that up in your room? Is that what you said? I do. I have have it on a big giant post-it. And how often do you go back to it? Well, I, I actually affirm it every day in my journal. Mm, I love that. So you're starting with that 
thought and you're rooting in and it's probably at a cellular level for you for sure now. Mm -hmm. So what are some other things that you, you know, I really want to make sure that we circle back all the way around to this so that we cover everything on create and that you give us a nice little summarization of this whole thing for people who are ready to implement this because this was great stuff that I promise you, if you do this right now, your life will change. So let's circle back. So we're, or we're on create. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else on create that you want to add? Yeah. Just, just go, Mm. just go. Stop thinking you're not ready. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing, right? Like stop thinking you're not ready. So this is perfect context. Stop, stop thinking you're not ready because here's the way I look at it. And depending on what your spiritual beliefs are, it's either the God, it's either God or the universe, yep. right? And here's how I feel. I feel like there's never a moment in which God or the universe is not ready to act upon your desires. Mm. Therefore, there's never a moment in which you are not ready. Oh, I love that. And it's pure truth. I love that. Okay, so let's wrap it all together. So So let's do the arc. Yeah. So, but real quick, just going back to create, like Mm -hmm. create whatever you want to create, do Mm. whatever you want to do. Like, and for all you perfectionists out there for (laughs) real, like just relax. We're all going to end up in the same place anyway. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, You couldn't have ended that any better because it is so true. (laughs) I was just actually on a Uh, I was being interviewed on someone's podcast right before this. And we were talking about the decisions that we make and the things that we beat ourselves up for. And it's like, um, you know, whether it's food or business or whatever it is. And, and on our deathbed, you know, looking up at our, our hospice, uh, person help helping us or nurse and saying, yeah, I I was miserable, but look at my abs. Right. (laughs) there's just so many things that at the end of your life, what are you going to say? It's like the unlived life, right? What is trapped inside of you that is dying to come out? Don't let that die with you. So, okay. And that's what, just real quick, like that's, I say this all the time. I say, why live your life inside of a box when you're going to end up inside of one anyway? Oh my gosh. Seriously, that, those are the things that um, people need to hear that I need to hear that just makes me go, you're right. It's not that big. A, it's just not that big a deal. It's just not just make yourself happy. And that's all that needs to happen because at the end of the day, everyone is just trying to make themselves happy. And I would just invite a different, like, I'm just really big on language. You know that, right? Yes. Like, I know you love language. <laughs> it's like, okay, make myself happy or just allow myself to just be what I am. Mm, see, because- Outside of, like it. Yeah, because outside of all the negative thinking and outside of all the societal pressure and outside of who I th- think I'm supposed to be, intuitively, innately, I'm happy. Mm, yep. And I've always been happy. I, and here's the thing. Look at, look at a newborn. Yes. Look at a newborn. Show me a newborn that's not happy. Mm-hmm. Show me, a, show me a, a, a child that lacks creativity and imagination and wonder, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Can you show me to the can you show me the way to a stream lorry that overeats and poisons itself as a way to avoid? Mm. Think of that all the time with babies because it's just that's our natural state is just to be silly, to to laugh, to be happy, to play, to be curious, like how curious too. And we just stop being curious because that could be scary, you know? but it's to wonder, mm-hmm. right? Like the word wonder is amazing. Like look at the word wonder, W-O-N, one. Mm-hmm. You win if you wonder. I you win it. if you wonder and if you're willing to wander. Mm. See, I'm <laughs> slaying the, you are slaying the words here, Zach. You, love- you have, you need to go back and get like 25 memes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, just fill me in really quick before we end here on the arc then the acknowledge reframe create let's summarize it all or walk me through it again real quick one more time just for notes for everybody sure so so step one is acknowledge be willing to shine a light of awareness the moment that we're willing to accept responsibility for the ways in which we've contributed to our results is the moment is the moment that we can put ourselves in a position to truly move forward and then step two is reframe 
Step two is reframe. No matter how clear your vision is, no matter how big your goals are, no matter how many smart goals you write down, no matter what your goal setting system is, until you're willing to let go of who you think you're supposed to be, you will never be able to move forward as who you truly are. Mm. Mm. And then step three is create. And by create, I just mean create. Create whatever you want to create. And here's the reality. Your, here, here's the reality. Whether or not you create something is not up to you. Mm. What you create, however, most certainly is. Mm. Why is it not up to you? Because the world's going to keep moving no matter what. You're going to create something. If you don't take action, you're creating not you're creating inaction. Mm. If you take action, you're going to create something based on your action. You're going to create something. Mm. Ultimately, life is our choice. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So before we wrap up, I just want to make sure that you've covered everything in this. And I also want to thank you and acknowledge you. I'm not going to reframe you. I'm going to acknowledge you. (laughs) Acknowledge you for being uh, just such a bright light and a fierce warrior of truth because you really are. And I learn something from you every time you open your mouth. And I know you put so much thought and time and love behind it because you truly want to be of the highest service possible. And I know you so well that you can't sleep if you don't wake up and pursue this every single day. So I just want to thank you uh, for coming on the podcast and acknowledging you for all of that. Uh, I'm, I'm like sitting, I'm sitting here getting choked up hearing that from you. You know, I said at the beginning and I'll say it again, you've been so powerful for me. You've been the one that's kind of kicked my butt into gear in certain things. So often where I think to myself, like who would really get where I'm at right now that could really give me some, some real coaching. And it's, it's been you in so many instances. So gratitude doesn't, doesn't do it justice. Um, it just doesn't do it justice. So thank you. Mm, thank you. And I always have an ending question and I'm going to use some, um, opposite language. (laughs) (laughs) So you are in an elevator and someone looks over at you and you only have like a 30 second ride with this person who looks over at you desperate and says, Zach, yes, they know your name and you don't know them. Zach, (laughs) how can I make myself happy? What do you say? I say, you choose to be happy. Mm. I say, don't make yourself happy. Allow yourself to be happy. Mm. And for a moment, just be willing to step outside and take a look at your life with like rational gratitude, rational gratitude. And I don't mean like that you're grateful for like trees and lilies and flowers, even though those things are beautiful, but I mean, rational gratitude, like the fact that we're riding in an elevator right now. Mm that the debt that hangs over your head is something that somebody would trade places with you for in a minute if they'd had the opportunity to spend that money on the things you'd spent it on, even if it wasn't a sound financial decision. Mm. That the boss that you hate, there's somebody living in Africa right now that's completely destitute that would love to have a boss that would tell them what to do, that they hated every day, just so they could live like you live. So to just for a minute, just for a moment, just rationally take a step back and look at your life and just consider that your worst day living in a living in a first world country, you're listening to this podcast right now. Maybe you're listening on an iPhone. You're listening on a, in, a, in the car that you're driving that your worst day, just consider for a moment that your worst day is somebody else's absolute dream day. Mm. Just consider that for a second. Use rational gratitude. Mm. Amen. That was beautiful. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with somebody that you love. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. 
they capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently, and most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.